Well, good morning. Welcome to 2023. <laughs> I'm glad you made it. I have, uh, I have, I'm running on, on significantly less sleep than normal, as I'm sure many of you are, uh, who, who, who stayed up to see. All right. So three of us. Okay. Well, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, my, my kids told me they wanted to stay up there. Just dropped that. They are six and nine. So staying up till midnight was uh, not something that we've really done before. Uh, and I wasn't quite sure how it was going to go. <laughs> Uh, and so hour by hour, they were, they would watch TV, they'd play games, they'd fight with each other. And I have to come down, Hey, come on. If you can't handle this, we're going to have to go to bed. But they stayed up and, and they were so excited. They were so excited to see we about five minutes to go. We turned on the New York times, uh, feed and we saw them count down the seconds and we cheered quietly. Karen was sleeping. You know, when, when the ball dropped in times square, it wasn't the only thing that dropped. I don't know if you know this or not, but the, the ball drops in Times Square. There's a peach in Atlanta. There's a, a, a giant marshmallow peep in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. There's a huge hunk of cheese in Plymouth, Wisconsin. A pickle in Mount Olive. A massive potato in Boise, Idaho. A guitar in Memphis, Tennessee. And right here in Hagerstown, a giant donut. <laughs> And when those things, they, they count and they drop and they get to that bottom and everything lights up and everybody cheers and shouts and celebrates. I mean, everybody wants to see this new year. They want to ring it in, right? They want to experience the change. They're all hoping for, I think, something different, something better. I mean, do you, you really think anyone was hoping that in this new year, 2023 would be a, a terrible year for them? No, they look forward to the new year. They, they plan for it to be better. They, they call those plans resolutions. Now, the tradition of New Year's resolutions goes all the way back to uh, about 150-ish BC, uh, when the Romans would honor their mythical god, Janus, who is always depicted as having two faces, one looking towards the future and one looking towards the past. Uh, but even further back, some 2000 BC, the Babylonians celebrated the new year at the beginning of spring. In March, with an 11-day festival. Uh, like today, the Babylonians thought of New Year's as a, a time of reflection on the year that has passed and looking ahead to the future. They believed that what they did on the New Year's Day would affect the rest of the year. Now, statistically, about 30 of you who are watching today have made at least one New Year's resolution. And four of you will keep it. Statistically, there is something in us that looks forward to new beginnings. There's something in us that, that just deeply desires change and, and something within that longs to, to reach higher and dream bigger. See, in most of our lives, there is this nagging sense that things are not as they should be or, or not as they could be. Whatever it is that we are going to do with our life we'd best get moving because time is short. All throughout scripture, there is, there are constant references to the fleeting nature of life and how short it really is in the lens of eternity. Uh, James puts it like this. He says, you don't, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while 
and then vanishes. James chapter, you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. In Psalms, there are many, many references to this, uh, this idea. Uh, Psalm 102, uh, the writer says, my days disappear like smoke. In Psalm 144, he says, for we are a breath of air. Our days are a passing shadow. Job, Job, when uh, Job didn't say it, it was one of Job's friends as he was talking to him. Uh, he says, my, my days are running out quicker than the thread of a needle. My life is just a breath. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. He said a lot of things in that chapter. Um, my favorite modern illustration, life is like a roll of toilet paper. The further along you get, the faster it seems to go. Now, the truth is, we don't know when our time on this earth will be up. But the thread is running out. It could be decades away, or years, or months, or days. God only knows. Our lives are in his hands. He is sovereign. He is in control. And so I hope, and, and my prayer this year, as we grasp, if, if we grasp how, how fleeting our lives are, because I don't want to waste it, right? I, I, I want to focus on the things that, I don't want to focus on the things that uh, in the scope of forever don't matter, right? Things like being consumed by what people think of me or, or getting angry and, and stewing on it for months. Or just living in that state of constant anxiety about something or letting fear control or limit us. Walking through life wearing the blinders of, of cynicism and negativity so that we can't see the awesome wonder and beauty that God has put in our lives. If you want to do something significant with your life, then every day matters. And if you aren't doing something significant, then it doesn't matter how much time is left because the time that's left doesn't matter. So we want to do something significant. We want 2023 to be a better year than 2022. seems like the last few years have been a, a fight to pull ourselves out of whatever trouble the previous year left us. And, and culturally, the last three years have just been a steady stream of, of terribleness. I remember seeing a t-shirt around this time of year back then, and it just said, uh, 2019 sucked. Now, what hubris. <laughs> that is rare. 2020 took that as a personal challenge. And now the same company makes a t-shirt that says, I miss 2019. So maybe, maybe this last year wasn't your idea of successful. Well, the good news is we get a new one. Uh, God brings us life in, in bite-sized pieces. In, he brings us life in hours and days, months. And every year, God just says, okay, guys, time to wipe the slate clean. Time to, time to start over. Brand new year. Give it a new number. Start over. I think it would be, uh, it would be good to take God's advice through, through Isaiah, through the prophet. He says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. It's Isaiah 43, 18. 
we can, this is something from Job, one of the pieces of advice that Job gets. And again, it's very long, so I'm going to paraphrase it. He says, we can, we can choose the sounds that we listen to. Uh, we can choose the, the taste that we want in food. So we should choose to follow what is right. But first of all, we must define what is good. Right? If we don't define what we want, how can we go after it? If we don't choose to focus on the things that are good, then we end up, uh, we end up pushed around. We end up uh, just tossed by the pressures of life, doing this and that, going here and there. And then before we know it, 2023 will be gone, just like 2022. And we'll be left feeling like we didn't get anything done. And we'll be stuck in that same old place. Like we, like we misplaced an entire year. You ever misplace a year? We're going to look at one tiny little verse today uh, from the very end of Luke chapter two. And it's the single largest time jump in the entire new Testament, 18 years in a single verse. It follows right on the heels of the Christmas story, uh, which is why I thought it might be appropriate for today. But before we read it, I want to, I want to show you where this all begins. Uh, we mentioned misplacing a year. That felt like a pretty big deal. Mary and Joseph misplaced something a little more important. We're in Luke chapter two today. Luke chapter two is, uh, uh, starts off, uh, the title. If you have uh, one of those Bibles that, that titles different chapters, uh, the title at the very beginning is the birth of Jesus. Luke chapter two is, is the famous, like Charlie Brown Christmas special kind of Christmas story, but we're going to go all the way to the end of it, all the way to the end. We're going to see something kind of amazing. Uh, you ever misplaced something important? Like you, you, you knew you hadn't lost it. It's, it's here somewhere. I just can't find it. Maybe it was your wallet, right? Your a pen, your car keys. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like I have a habit of, uh, uh, in the wintertime, I put my keys in the coat pocket and, uh, and I don't take them out of the coat pocket when I go indoors. Uh, otherwise I will forget my coat. I'll go home, I'll drive home. So now I can't drive home without getting the coat. What do you do when that happens? Well, first of all, you don't, you don't know there's a problem until you need the thing. So probably some time has passed. Um, it's, not, uh, it's not until you go to uh, reach for your wallet, right? And then you realize it's not there. Or you're getting ready to take a number down and you go, my, my, my pen, where's it? It's vanished into thin air. Or as you hurry out the door, you know, you've got to get somewhere and you realize I don't, uh, where are my keys? What do you do? You, know, you start to retrace your steps, find the thing that you have misplaced. Well, Mary and Joseph misplaced a child. I've never misplaced one of my children. Um, I don't know if I admit it if I did. Worst thing that, uh, that, in, in that, that I've ever seen, uh, I, I was bundling the kids up to go somewhere. And I got Kenny, this was years ago, he was real little. Um, and he was just learning how to dress himself. And so I was leaving him to get dressed and I had laid out his clothes and, and, and his shoes and he could just put his shoes on and we're in a hurry and I'm bundling. All right, we got to get going. And, and I get them in the car and I buckle him into the car seat and I step back and I shut the car door and I just, for some reason, glance down at him through the window and I realize he's not wearing pants. 
Now, how I managed to get him out to the car, in the car, buckled, buckled, and I just didn't notice. I said, all right, we could get out of the car. We got to go back upstairs. Sometimes you notice these things. Sometimes it's too late. Mary and Joseph have, have been to the Jerusalem to celebrate the feast of the Passover, and, and their 12-year-old son was with them. And when the feast was over, they started to travel back home. They had traveled a whole day's journey, and they made, uh, made camp that evening before they realized they had misplaced Jesus. They misplaced Jesus. It's like the most important thing you can misplace. Now, before you think they're bad parents, right? It, it, no. They're traveling in a large group. It's very customary for members of the family to be you know, going off and they're all walking. It's a huge crowd. So they're, you know, as long as you're all on the road, as long as you're all getting to the same place, you're all going to make camp together. It's fine if you don't see each other during the day. But now they're going around the camp and uh, who, who has Jesus? Well, not me. And they realize that, uh, well, he's not there. Maybe even lost at this point. How far would you have traveled before you realized that you misplaced Jesus? Right? Or I should rather ask, are you sure that Jesus is still with you in your travels? Are you sure you haven't misplaced him? When was the last time you felt like you really needed him? When was the last, when was the last time you relied on Jesus? Or are you just saving Jesus for the big stuff? You know, I... I I can handle the rest on my own. I, I just need Jesus for the big stuff. That hasn't happened in a while. I want to show you a picture of what I think life is like when we just save Jesus for the big stuff. Right, here's some, some music notation. Uh, if, you're, if you don't read music or if you're uh, just watching at home, you don't see it, uh, I'm gonna just, let me break it down for you. It, it starts with a whole measure of silence. And then there are two halves of silence. There are four quarters of silence. The next bit has eight parts of silence and, and then 16 and so on. Uh, the, the measure, each measure is the same. There's nothing happening in any of it, but the nothing that is happening keeps happening faster. It's very stressful. And, and those who, who know music will notice that the, the silence is meant to be played at a moderate pace uh, as loud as possible. And it's in the key of C sharp, which has the most sharps of any key and is the most difficult to play. So there's how you would play that silence. If I, uh, if I run on a treadmill next to you while you walk on a different treadmill, I might be doing more work, but we're both going to finish our exercise in the exact same place. Right? That's how I feel. There's a stress to life. When everything seems to just go faster and faster and faster and nothing gets done. Jesus is 12 years old in this story. And he starts to show the kind of person that he will eventually become. Um, but he, he isn't that person just yet. He's just starting to, to show this little, little piece. Now, as somebody who works with teenagers pretty much constantly, I, I wish there were hundreds of verses at the end of Luke chapter 2. Uh, I, I wish we had been shown in far more detail uh, his teenage years and his early 20s. But we don't, we don't get to see that. Right? We get to see 
One verse goes like this. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Now that sounds like a, a sort of filler text, right? It sounds like the, like, like, uh, the beginning of a story, like Mike talked about a couple weeks ago, right? Once upon a time, there was a child. A long, long time ago in a Galilee far, far away. It sounds like Luke is just giving us this transition between 12-year-old Jesus and grown-up Jesus. But there's, this, there's a really amazing picture here if you can see it. Because the, the Christmas story centers on a baby in a manger. Right? It's actually part of our Christmas decorations right here on the floor in front of me. There is a manger. And in that manger is an infant, a baby. And that baby is Jesus. Have you ever seen the movie uh, Talladega Nights? Ricky Bobby? Shake and bake. He's the hero of the story. He insists on, on praying to the baby Jesus. Despite his family insisting and explaining, he grew up. Right? He was a man. He had a beard. But uh, Ricky, he says, I, I, he likes the Christmas Jesus the best. Right? Dear eight pounds, six ounce, newborn infant Jesus, he prays. Don't know a word yet, but still omnipotent in your golden diapers. That's the worst case of misplaced Jesus I can imagine. Mary and Joseph probably had no idea what to expect of their son as as he started to grow up, but I'm sure it surprised them. You see, people love to celebrate Jesus in a manger. It's very, very hard to take that next step and, and, and see Jesus come out of the manger. Right? The baby Jesus is less threatening. The baby Jesus is less dangerous to our life. But Jesus grew up, and so must we. And just the way we see him grow up, that is how we can challenge ourselves to grow. In 2023, uh, we can challenge ourselves to grow the way Jesus grew. The ultimate goal of every Christian is to become more like Jesus. And, and here we have an excellent set of priorities for doing just that. Luke 2.52 says that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So there are, there are four priorities here. He grew in wisdom. That's intellectual development. He grew in stature. That's physical development. He grew in favor with God. That's spiritual development. And he grew in favor with man. That's relational development. Now, if we want to be well-rounded and balanced, then we, we ought to set a goal in each one of these four areas. Now, most of our New Year's resolutions are not really goals. Um, they're more like uh, uh, mission statements. Right? They're, they're more like uh, hopes and dreams. Um, a mission statement is very broad. It, it, it it's a bit vague. It carries this idea of, well, here's what I hope to accomplish. Right? I, I want to I get in shape. I want to eat healthy. I want to reduce stress. I want to be better with money. That doesn't really quantify what's going to have to happen in order to accomplish those things. Right? But a goal, a goal is much more specific. Instead of saying what I want to accomplish, a goal says how I'm going to make it happen. Right? How is this going to, so if we're going to be uh, growing like Jesus, 
we want to set these goals. First thing is develop a, an intellectual goal. Right? Jesus grew in wisdom. So you ask yourself, what do I want to learn next year? What do I want to see myself grow in my mind? Like, how, what can I, God gave you this mind. It's a gift. It's, a, it's like a muscle. If you use your muscle, it gets stronger. If you ignore the muscle, it gets weaker. Same thing with your mind. Do yourself a favor and learn all you can. Proverbs 19.8 says, remember what you have learned and you will prosper. So as a Christian, you must constantly be challenging yourself to grow and develop. So you ask yourself, what do I need to learn this year? What can, what, where do I fall short? What can I do to teach myself and grow and be sharper, wiser? Most of us don't get wiser, just older. We say those two things together, but... They don't actually go together. Some people say that uh, good decisions require experience, and experience requires bad decisions. I've got my share. Still looking for that wisdom. We've got to be constantly challenging ourselves. Second thing, develop a physical goal. This is probably the most, uh, the most common of New Year's resolutions. Right? People say that they, they want to be in better shape. They don't really say what shape, right? Round is a shape. Some people feel that whenever you talk about the physical things, that it's less important than the spiritual. But Paul in 1 Corinthians writes, he says, don't you know that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? That Holy Spirit that is in you, that Holy Spirit that was a gift from God, you're not your own. You, you don't own yourself. You were bought at a price. He says, therefore, honor God with your body. We got to have an effort. We got to start somewhere. We got to have a physical goal. Now, we're all at different points. Believe me, we are all at different points. When it comes to setting this physical goal, though, we should be, we should be in prayer about that, right? How can I make sure that my physical self, my body is going to hold up? to all these other goals? How can I make sure that I have the strength to accomplish everything that I want to accomplish? How can I make sure I have enough time in my life to reach as many people as I can? Now, a mission statement might be, I want to get in better shape, but we're not looking for mission statements. We want to set goals, right? A goal might be, I'm going to, I'm going to walk this many thousand steps per day. Right? It seems like everything these days tracks your steps, right? We got watches, your phones, everything. I've seen rings that will track your steps, right? Or, or I'm going to exercise, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work out. I'm going to exercise 20 minutes a day, three days a week. In fact, no, don't say three days a week. Say Monday, Thursday, and Saturday. Got to be specific. I'm going to lose one pound a week for 10 weeks. And then after that, I'll take a little break. And then get back on it. Well, I'm not going to eat anything after 8 p.m. Okay. There's all sorts of goals, but they have to be specific. Okay. I'm only going to eat desserts on days that end in Y. It's not a good goal. It's not a good goal. Set yourself a physical goal. Also, develop a spiritual goal. Okay. Jesus grew in favor with God. Ask yourself, what is going to grow you in favor with God? What's going to deepen your relationship with God? 
What one or two things would make the biggest difference to you in 2023? Not 10 things, one or two things. Okay? Not, not the whole Bible in six months or a year or two years. Right? What's going to help you this week? What's going to help you this month? How much time is it going to take? Really think about it. Develop that goal. Is, is, is reading scripture the, re, the thing that you really need more of? Is prayer the thing that you need more of? Is, is family the thing, like church family or, you know, pe- being around other Christians, sharpening each other, is that the thing you need more of? Fellowship. Have you been baptized? That's a, that's a great place to start. It's the place to start. That should be your first goal. What an awesome way to start a new year, right? Maybe what you need to do is, is I mean, if, you, if you're not a regular part of a church family, family like ours, you got to commit, right? Be in church. I'm going to find a way to be there or join. I'm going to find a way to participate. I'm going to find a way to enjoy it. Right? I'm going to get my kids to enjoy it. How am I going to do that? I don't know. Uh, take them out for lunch afterwards. Right? Bring, bring, let, them, let them bring a, a stuffed animal with them so they don't feel like they're sitting there alone. Make some friends and get them to bring some friends along. Whatever it takes. Put down some roots. Maybe your, your spiritual goal is finding a way to participate in the mission of the church. Right? Serve in some way. Give in some way. Share your faith with someone. The best way to make a friend at church is to make a friend and then bring them to church. Number four, set some relational goals. Right? Jesus grew in favor with man. So uh, that, I, I find that really fascinating. This idea that Jesus as this 12-year-old boy. Now, I've, I know a lot of 12-year-old boys. Right? They're not the most fun to be around. Uh, they're not the most relational of human beings. Uh, they all go through that, what I call the, let me show you my dinosaurs phase where they have that, that one little, uh, one little hobby or interest that they just hyper-focus on. Every single 12 year old boy does this. I did it myself and they won't stop talking about it. I wonder what Jesus had for this little, I wonder what his dinosaurs were. It's probably the scripture because it's Jesus, right? He was so, uh, so excited about discussing and, and, and interpreting and reading the scripture that that's where they found him after they misplaced him, by the way. That's where they found him. They found him. He was still back in Jerusalem. He had been at uh, the basically just sitting around with these teachers and experts, uh, talking with them the way an adult would, the way an expert would. And he'd been doing that for three days. I don't know where he slept. I don't know where he was eating. But he had three days and they were all, it says they were amazed. They were amazed at his understanding and his answers. He was so focused on it. But he started to build those relationships. He started to, uh, to reach out to other people. And these, these are the same uh, experts and teachers that 18 years later, right, he would be rebuking, right, calling all sorts of names and, and 
you know, at one point flipping tables and driving people out of the temple with a whip because they, they didn't get it. They didn't get it. They thought, they thought it was all about the show. They thought it was about the pageantry. They had done their growing. They had already gone to school. They had learned everything there was to know. And they had nothing left to learn. They had nowhere to grow. Jesus started reaching out to them even as a child. So ask yourself, how will I deepen my relationships with people, both inside and outside the church? Relationships have always been at the top of God's list, right? So what you can do in 2023 to help others be better friends, build relationships. One is time. Right? Set aside some time uh, for an individual. Don't, don't just say like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set aside two hours on, on Friday and I'll call somebody. No, which, who are you going to call? Right? Who are you going to see? Choose an individual person. Start getting together with, with other Christians, people who are on the same path as you are, people who are kind of about, I, kind of weird to say, but about your level. Right? We, 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 we don't, it's kind of awkward to talk about, right? But we all, we're all kind of somewhere on this journey. But we should have people around us who are, have been, been a Christian about as long as we have and know about as much as we do. And we're kind of, kind of all there together. And we can sharpen each other and we can be transparent with each other. But then you also, you got to find somebody that you can mentor to, right? Somebody you can pour your life into. And you got to find somebody uh, who can help you out, who's a few steps ahead of you on that journey. And they can help you. All three are important. Find someone in need, right? Help someone in need in, in the church, in the community. Volunteer somewhere, but do it in Jesus' name. That famous quote, preach the gospel at all times. If, if necessary, use words. I like the idea of it. But if you don't ever use words, then you get the credit. Not Jesus. Make an effort to get to know your neighbors or your coworkers, right? Or just, just set some relational goal so that this year can be different. This year you can be closer to people. You can grow the way Jesus grew. This year can be different. See, if you, if you clarify what you really want, you set some goals, intellectual, physical, spiritual, relational. Grow like Jesus. Right? Don't wait for it to begin. This is a now thing. This is this week you can start setting goals. Right? If you set one of these goals every week, you will have your four before the month is out. And then you have 11 more months to accomplish them. One goal every week. Don't wait for it. Back to the verse in Isaiah. Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Pray together. Father, we, we love to see that new thing that you are doing. We love to see uh, what you can do in our lives, the change that you can create in our community in our church. What a time. What an opportunity. Father, would you, would you keep, keep on us? Would you, would you make sure that your presence is known in our lives? Prompt us, encourage us, convict us to set goals, to grow.
growing the way Jesus grew. Lord, we, we pray for wisdom that we could make the right goals, that we could develop ourselves. We pray for the people in our lives, both to, for us to, to mentor and sow into, but also to sharpen us and also people to help us and guide us. Pray that you would put these people in our lives so that we could all be on this same journey, be more like Jesus every day. Thank you for this wonderful gift of a new year, of new life. Thank you, in Jesus' name. All right. Thank you so much for joining us this week. God bless you. We'll see you next time.